This is Mouth Media Network. Amplify and connect. What could the hotel industry learn by putting several leaders in hotel tech in one room? Recently, Voyager HQ hosted executives from Alice, Uplift, and Travel Tripper in partnership with the robust Cornell Hotel Society community in front of a live audience for a useful and relevant discussion with many takeaways for everyone in the hotel industry, from independent boutiques to major chains, on how innovation plays a crucial role in the path forward to improve guest experience and stay competitive. You're listening to Travel Is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the travel and hospitality industry. All right. Good evening, everyone. My name is James Nanos. Thank you all for coming today. It's Monday. It's dreary out. Appreciate you all taking the time. We have an all-star cast panel here. Uh, Alyssa with Alice Platform, Stefan with Travel Tripper, and Tom with Uplift. Uh, And then in the audience here, tremendous showing of industry executives, entrepreneurs, tech enthusiasts. Thank you all for coming. I'd love to start by opening up to the panel just to introduce yourselves, say who you are, where you're coming from, a little bit about your background, and then we'll dive into some of these questions. Great. Okay. So my name is Alyssa Hendel, and I'm a Cornell Hotel School graduate, so I know a number of you in the audience. Um, I was actually also the Cornell Hotel Society chapter president of New York. So these events are extra special and I love to support. Uh, that was from what, 2012 to 14. So it's been a few years uh, and currently stay involved with, with the school. So I came from 12 years at Sabre uh, where I did a number of different things, all in sales, business development capacity, uh, everything from regional sales to strategic sales, looking after North America Uh, and spent the last two years as a VP in our enterprise business, selling distribution to the world's largest hotel groups. I recently joined Alice in January, uh, looking after strategic partnerships uh, and enterprise sales. So I don't know if everyone's familiar with Alice, uh, but you'll hear more this evening. Uh, We are a hotel operations platform. So it was the the company started about five years ago, um, and we're actually based around the corner here in Chelsea in New York. We have about 140 employees and about 2,500 customers now. So the platform takes everything in the hotel technology space um, and really merges it together. So everything from concierge technology to texting with the guest to preventative maintenance, task management, so think how to get towels from point A to point B, housekeeping. Uh, so that's a little bit about Alice. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Stefan Borelowitz, and uh, I serve as VP of Digital Platforms at Travel Tripper. Um, I have an entrepreneurial background, but I have had the pleasure of being at Travel Tripper, now Travel Tripper Pegasus, uh, for just over four years. Um, just to share a little bit uh, briefly about my role, so I'm responsible uh, at Travel Tripper Pegasus for the web and digital marketing lines of business, so that includes the software and agency teams. 
And um, for those of you who aren't familiar with Travel Tripper Pegasus, so uh, Travel Tripper merged with Pegasus earlier this year in February. And uh, it's a, a really exciting merger. It brings together two extremely innovative companies, uh, Travel Tripper itself with the web digital marketing and CRS business with a booking engine, of course. <laughs> Um, and Pegasus with this tremendous history and legacy of innovation in the hospitality technology space. So together, we have uh, just under 300 employees, about 5,500 hotels globally, and now we have a global footprint that extends, I like to joke, from Japan to Hawaii the long way round, and uh, really excited to be here with you. Great. Uh, my name is Tom Botts. I am the Chief Commercial Officer for Uplift. Um, I am a, a longtime travel industry uh, person, for lack of a better term. I actually began my career at, uh, at Delta Airlines many moons ago, uh, loading bags, and uh, somehow I seem to have progressed from that rather dramatically, I guess. Um, but uh, I spent a long time in hospitality, uh, first with Starwood Hotels, uh, then several other hotel companies, most recently uh, with Miraval uh, Resorts as part of KSL Capital, which we uh, successfully exited to Hyatt about two years ago, uh, at which point I joined Uplift. Um, I look after all of our uh, commercial partnerships, both new and existing, um, and Uplift provides point-of-sale financing for travel. So we sit um, in the booking path both for uh, call center transactions as well as uh, online transactions and actually provide instant loans for consumers uh, to pay for their travel. Um, we are about 160 employees this week. I think we were at about 150 last week. So we're in a period of kind of crazy growth. Um, we're on track to do about a billion dollars in consumer loans this year. Uh, and we've raised just shy of about $200 million uh, in financing from uh, most recently uh, the Walton family. Uh, so you will not see us at a Walmart uh, anytime soon, uh, but the actual Walton family is our, is our largest investor. Awesome. And I'm James Nanos, much less uh, experienced as our distinguished panelists here, but uh, I was originally part of the breadcrumb point of sale team that was acquired by Groupon, most recently led the sales and account management efforts at Stay Wonderful. I'm also a captain in the Army National Guard, and I actually just finished up drill this month. So I am effectively a free man after May 29th, which is really exciting for me. So again, thank you all for coming. Yeah. Um, and big picture. So in the industry, as I'm sure you're all aware, we've seen some tremendous acquisitions. Seven just mentioned Travel Tripper and Pegasus, huge for the industry. Uh, we're seeing you know, a number of elephants in the room. We have Airbnb acquiring Hotel Tonight, Marriott's launching their home and villas, and Google Hotels is ultimately going to you know, take over the entire world, possibly. So would love to understand what you think this means for guests, for the industry as a whole, as these distribution channels are starting to sort of blur. You know, what, what does this mean for us as the traveler and for, the, for you all as, as the industry experts? Well, let me start, if I may, sure. just because of Travel Tripper and Pegasus being mentioned among the, uh, the merger activity that's happening out there and 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 some of the these um, sort of the topography of of change in the industry. Um, I think one perspective I'd like to share is that I think there are some people in the industry who kind of have the opinion that arbitrage is over. That in other words, 
you know, we've got all of this amazing technology and rate transparency should exist and rate parity is this thing that just transcends all of your distribution channels. And the reality is that, you know, while yes, technology enables all of these things to happen, there are competitive barriers in place that mean that although technically it's feasible to create the end of arbitrage, in reality, uh, that is not true in the least. And I think Travel Tripper Pegasus and sort of the, the, the thesis behind how we add more value is at the center of giving hotels and their owners more control, more leverage in order to work inside this expanded distribution topology and to gain advantage. So that's at the center of why we became, you know, one of the merger stories, James, that you mentioned, and at the center of what I think is counter, kind of counterintuitive and a, a counter philosophy to this idea that distribution is this um, platform of, of equals, right? And the competitive barriers that are in place are ones that we take advantage in order to help hotels drive direct bookings and gain advantage. So, yeah, so I think that's a great point. You talk about direct bookings and distribution. I think we all put so much focus on getting that guest in the door, right? That's what everyone talks about. But what happens once they're on property? And as an industry, I think that shift is starting to take place um, because, you know, when a guest is shopping, right, we know they go to what is it, nine to 13 websites now? There's so much confusion out there in the industry. So, lack of trust, I think, right, is, and lack is of actually trust. the reason. I mean, yeah. it's, no one believes any of this stuff anymore. Right. That's the challenge. Right. So it's just kind of <laughs> chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, but once they're on property, if the hotels can do a really good job about you know, communicating with the guest, making the experience as best as it can be, uh, then they'll keep that guest as a direct booker for the future. Um, and I think it's all about differentiating by segment too, right. right? You mentioned some other groups like the Airbnb and like the Google, like Google's doing all of those groups. I mean, they're calling us and they're saying we need to differentiate within our segment and we care about guest satisfaction. Um, so yeah. we'll see how that all plays out. Well, I'd like to play off a point that you've made, which is, you know, <clears throat> uh, you know, quite frequently I talk on the, on the topic of web and digital marketing. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I like to bring up is exactly in line with the value proposition, Alyssa, that you're describing at Alice, which is I I like to talk about the context of how digital marketing can work. And the context is actually has nothing. I like to say that the foundation is built on something. Foundation of digital marketing success is built on something that has nothing to do with digital marketing. And that is this virtuous circle that exists between the guest experience, the guest reviews, the hotel reputation, and all of that becomes a foundation on which you build good marketing. So like you you cannot market a product that isn't inherently good. So there's a very symbiotic relationship between a value proposition that a company like Alice provides and the arbitrage and advantage that a company like Travel Tripper Pegasus tries to provide in being able to leverage a good reputation. But I think it's important to think about how do you actually get the talent and uh, skill set that's required these days, particularly if you're not with a chain, 
right? Having done both big chains, small chains, independent hotels, and the the talent required in order to um, compete not only against the OTAs, but also against your fellow brethren hotels down the street um, is, is immense. And I think it's, it's a bit overwhelming these days uh, for people. And I'm not sure anyone's quite you know, a lot of people have tried to figure out like, you know, here, just add water, right? And we're going to be mm -hmm. this great tool. And all of a sudden, all your bookings will come independent or will become direct. And that's really doesn't seem to happen uh, in my experience. I mean, even for the big chains, right? I mean, Marriott hasn't turned off Expedia last I checked. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a mm -hmm. challenge, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think the common denominator is although we're talking about innovation, and we're talking about mergers and all kinds of things. Ultimately, we're also running businesses, right? So and those businesses have to be fundamentally well run. And the backstory to that is just doing the basics well, which includes, Tom, as you're saying, like hiring good people. So on that note, actually, I think that's a perfect segue into our next question. We're talking about all the technical advances, all the, all the differentiation. However, the industry, hotels specifically, have a terrible reputation as being laggards. And it sounds like as three senior industry executives understand, we need technological change, but we have a, a terrible stigma against us. So, you know, whether it's legacy PMS, lack of guest and hotel communication tools, look at New York City, hyper competitive market, you know, we're talking hundreds of hotels on top of each other, all vying for the same guest and group business. You know, what tech advances do you see as a differentiator for these hotel operators? Is it guest focus? Is it helping them finance their trip so they can afford to come to New York? Yeah. You know, oh, of course, oh. that's completely it. That's all we need to do. T-ball. There you go. Me to, want me to start with Yes, <laughs> why don't you start with that? Rather than me take uh, that soft. Uh, it's too easy, Tom. Uh, so a fun fact I learned recently is that 7-Eleven, the convenience store chain, has better tracking than five-star hotels. That's got to make you think for a minute, right? Why is that? Uh, there was a Harvard case study, Harvard business case study done about two years ago that ranked a lot of different industries in terms of digital to least digital. And can you guess where hospitality fell? At the very bottom of that. Oh, uh, we're still we using were, faxes. Yeah. Right. We were behind. I thought this was so interesting. Though. Credit card authorization yeah. form. Yeah. yeah. I'm not using facts. Yeah. That's how I book all my reservations. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, hospitality uh, was behind government and only above construction and hunting. Right. So, <laughs> so, so uh, I'll send you the link. I mean, it was really fascinating. So, so why is this? Right. Um, I mean, I think it's, it's, there's a few reasons for sure. this. Um, First of all, hotels are doing okay without without some of these new tech adoptions. Uh, not great, but okay. And I think that obviously for all humans, change is hard um, and we're averse to change naturally. So one of the things that I think is very important is a platform approach. So to try all these new technologies, you end up with a lot of different siloed solutions. We were talking about this before the panel, right? That don't talk to each other. And then what do you do with that? So if you invest and really think through um, from a high level and go with a platform approach, you can then try all these cool new technologies and plug them in, whether it's API or integration. I mean, I think, I think interoperability of the data is a major problem and yeah. probably has been one of the contributing reasons why innovation has been slow. Like, you know, I remember my first day in hospitality and I saw this crazy chart of 
you know all of the the technology stack that exists in 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 distribution and and in a typical hotel um i think you know speaking from our point of view i think our point of view has been to take crs data and make it available across the entire search to stay experience i think there are a lot of companies out there who who purport to provide value across digital marketing web crs and i think one of the things that we believe that innovators can do whether it's from us or another provider is look for opportunities to leverage rate information so that it's available in your marketing in your conversion channels and in the crs um so that's kind of our point of view but i think generalizing it i think my overall encouragement and i think it's probably i would speak for us all is for the hotel industry is be an early adopter when change is happening this fast i think as long as you're vetting uh in a in a capable way like your ab testing or you're testing half your property or half your traffic on these new technologies i think the early adopters win you know it's kind of like learn fast fail fast adopt the stuff that's working and then be a leader especially in such a dynamic technology vertical but not to be pessimistic but <laughs> if you have you know the choice of putting in a new pms so that you can do all that stuff or renovating the bathrooms um you know it can be a really tough choice right we've all sat in those budget review meetings they're not very much fun generally at least none of the ones i've been in but maybe that's personal um and it, it, you know it it's pushing that new technology into uh, to I think what you said, a crusty old environment yeah. can be really, really tough, especially if the ROI is not there, right? right. I mean, <laughs> it's pretty easy to say, hey, if we redo the bathrooms and fix our TripAdvisor reviews, I can probably, you know, here's what the pro forma looks like. It may be fake, but here's what it looks like. <laughs> okay. um, not that I've ever done that, but, um, <laughs> you know, some of these other things are really hard. They're hard to taste and touch, I think, is is part of the problem that we have. And so because of the ownership is so disparate across, you know, lots of different places, it can be really hard, I think, uh, which is unfortunate. Well, one of the things I find baffling, and maybe you have some insight into this Doubtful. because you were on the property <laughs> side, but you know, it 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 is always baffling to me how someone can spend one or two hundred million dollars renovating this giant building, yep. and then they want a twenty-five thousand dollar website. Really? Yeah. Does that make like at what level does that make sense? And this is also having I spent fifteen years running digital marketing and 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 website technologies and other verticals came to the hotel sector and it's it's crazy how little money hotels spend on this technology in and or, relative or the ultimate, to those budgets the ultimate fight that i have fought many times is around photography right it's like oh how could we possibly to your point we're spending 200 million dollars renovating the hotel and then here's five thousand dollars for photography right and then some guy shows up with an instamatic he's taking pictures and they open the website and you're like like, well, how come we're not getting any bookings? Well, because you can't see anything on your hotel, right? And so if you look at hotels that have successfully invested, and it's so simple, right? People, guests, as you all know, all of you know, I imagine, that people want to see the property. They want to see what they're staying at. Guess what? They want to see the bathrooms. It's the most important part. Mm -hmm. um, and, and when you don't show that, they think you're hiding something and then they go look for somewhere else. And so I think it's one thing as an industry we have to get better at is figuring out how to really tell the story. Um, and certainly if you look, for example, at the, the, the Miraval website, when I got there, 
We had a $10,000 website maybe where we were trying to sell $1,000 a night rooms, right? And people was like, like, like what, what, do I, what do I do here? And I'm like, well, <laughs> all right. We went out and spent you know a couple hundred thousand dollars on photography and now there's big images of people riding horses and doing all the things that people do at Miraval. Um, and it was wildly successful. That's an extreme example, yeah. but in a minor, but I think it, it's, it's, we're missing some of the basics sometimes. And I think that's one thing that I, I do worry about in hospitality is that sometimes we're off to the next shiny object when we haven't cured the basic kind of questions that are going on at a, at a property in terms of why, why are, why are people going elsewhere? Yeah. Book. And I think operations technology gets even the brunt of that, right? Sure. Because people say, I need to focus on the distribution first, getting people in the door. And then once the guest is there, they'll be fine. Right. But that's not the case. Right. Entrepreneurista, a woman who organizes and operates a business, taking on greater than normal financial risks in order to do so. One who has a drive, passion, and vision with an undying determination to succeed. She is fiercely motivated, ambitious, and competitive, forging her own path to independence and success. That's an entrepreneurista. Through the conversations on the Entrepreneurista podcast, we want to celebrate failures reflect on successes, and get unfiltered about what it takes to be your own boss. This is the Entreprenista Podcast, presented by Socialfly. It's the best business meeting you'll ever have, with must-hear real-life looks at how leading women in business are getting it done, and what it takes to build and grow a successful company. It's beyond the gram, with no filters, no limits, and plenty of surprises. Check out all our latest episodes at entreprenistapodcast.com. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network and find prior episodes at travelisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. Your brand message can be on this show. Email us to find out more at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Even if we're sitting on antiquated tech stacks, Hotels are still capturing tremendous amounts of data, whether that's guest personal information, emails, credit card info, demographics, what have you, you know, assuming that information isn't subsequently hacked like every major brand has had over the past couple of years. Um, you know, how can hotels leverage this? We're talking about our, our failure to adopt even basic you know, protocols to, to capture the guest. But let's say we can do that. Let's say we invest in our marketing efforts, in our website, we, we build a brand, whether we're an independent or flag property, we we're punching above our weight. You know, now what can we do with the existing data that we're sitting on to stand out and ultimately provide a better guest experience and keep them coming back? Well, I'll, I'll dive in on, on a couple of things. Um, I think, um, you know, I know we keep on talking about doing the basics well, and I feel like I'm going to just start there because, you know, I think we've all had this experience where you arrive at a hotel, you may have stayed 10 or 20 times or even two or three times, and they say, you know, have you ever stayed with us before at the front desk? So, you know, before we talk about really, really cool and really fancy AI technologies, we're going to make sure that we're ba doing the basics well, which is even if you've stayed once before, 
Don't ask me if it's my first day. Don't even bother asking the question if you don't know the answer. It's like being a lawyer in like in court. You never ask ask that. Don't ask that question if you don't know the answer, right? Yeah. So let's do the basics well. I think the recommendations I have around leveraging data, um, also like one level up from the basics, right, is make sure that regardless of what you're doing and who's selling some kind of new fancy AI thing to you, make sure that you get data transparency, and data ownership. I think that's a big risk, not just with these fancy new you know, BI technologies and, and big data-based uh, companies, uh, but in, providing, in, in selecting any vendor that you work with. You want to make sure that you, when you're giving data, that you understand how that data is being shared, and ultimately you have access to that data and ideally ownership of that data. You know, I think moving beyond that, I think there are a lot of exciting things going on with how you can leverage data. The one, I think, slice of that that I'm most interested in, and I like to joke that BI, by the way, man, that is a big, those are two really big letters. And, you know, I bet if we asked everyone in this room what BI is, we'd probably end up with a unique answer from everyone. I think one slice of what I'm particularly interested in, and this is just one among many, is personalization. So going like well beyond that, is this your first stay? And bringing it out to the outer edge of the search to stay journey, meaning I can recognize someone who returns to a website who's booked with me before. I can deliver an inside offer, in a you know in a in without them needing to log in, right? So throughout that journey, whether I'm delivering an ad or you're arriving at a website, I know who you are because of things you've done. In a way that's not spooky, it's helpful, right? So, you know, we all know that there's the dark side of this. But the positive side is, don't make me fill in my address again. I've done it five times on your booking engine, right? So being able to take smart, simple things around data that you can leverage and make the guest journey easier. Yeah, and that's during the booking process, right? And then when, when you get to the property, I mean, a perfect example that I always think about is that I'm allergic to feather pillows. So every time I go to a hotel, I have to call down and say, please bring me a non-feather pillow, right? I've stayed at the same hotel so many times for business or, you know, wherever it might be in that city, yet nobody can seem to get that right. So it's having an operations tool to look into, maybe connecting that with a CRM, right? Whatever your technology stack is that you're choosing to use, but starting small, like keeping it simple, like you said, taking a few little things that you can do to dramatically improve the guest stay. Um, you know, another example would be fine dining. If you have a guest that you know always makes reservations at fine dining, and you can see that in an operations tool where they've where they've made reservations, what they've requested. If you have that type of restaurant on your property, why not offer them a promotion, right? Say, have a free bottle of wine, stay in, stay at our restaurant, right? So taking this data um, and creating more revenue that stays on property, I think is also really important. So is that a failure on the hotel to adapt the technology? Or if it's theirs, is this a training opportunity yeah, for managers, for frontline, front desk, housekeepers? They don't know where to start. Yeah. Right. They don't know where to start. But I, I just follow up, and I, you touched on it a little bit, but data is, is big and scary. And I think the most important part, you know, what we look at is, is how – um, particularly we deal with an awful lot of PII, um, as do others in the space. And understanding um, all of you should be clear on how your data is going to be used onwards. 
Um, meaning, is it going to be sold? Is it going to be used? Is it going to be used as the uh, stepchild to take a person into a larger product? Um, meaning, you know, who, who is actually own, who actually owns this company, and what are they going to actually do with that data once you transmit it to them? Um, and there are certain partners out there that, to your point, do use it for good, right. and all of it is for good, uh, quote unquote. But there are others who are out there to build their own business, and I think you have to be clear: at what point are you willing to help someone else build their business on your back? And are you getting paid for that or not? Um, or are you okay with that as long as you're receiving value in the background? Uh, but that's an important part in that I think a lot of people are dishing out data these days um, in ways that either they're not being fairly compensated, they don't necessarily understand where the data is going, or quite frankly, they're building someone else's business that ultimately may come back to them um, in the form of you know another OTA or another GDS or another Google, whatever it may be. Um, that's going to be another toll booth, right? And God knows the travel industry has enough toll booths along the way, right? Whether that's travel agencies, GDSs, OTAs, uh, Google, you want to keep going? I mean, and they're just all for the record, out there. We love all of you. Oh, they're all here good. from Expedia or an OTA <laughs> travel agent. Thank you all. We love you all here. You can have all of our data. No, but seriously, they all have a purpose. They all have a purpose, right? And that's fine. Right. But let's. But before we invent the next one. Right. As an industry, let's make sure that we're not inventing the next one. Well, one thing I, I would add is, um, you know, I think <clears throat> this may be somewhat of a controversial opinion, but uh, I, at least for one, believe that um, improved consumer um, uh, privacy regulation is compatible with good business. Mm -hmm. And I think what Europe has done with GDPR is a step in the right direction. I'm not afraid of it as a business person. I think it is just a reflection of what people want, a more affirmative statement. You know, when I sign up for a mailing list, I do it deliberately because I'm interested in what I'm going to get. And so I think it's simply a reflection of what consumers want. Um, I think people who receive, a lot of people who receive emails and they don't want to receive them know how to opt out. Um, so I think, um, I think there's an opportunity as we talk about data to marry it to uh, consumer privacy. And I think given that we're in a, an illustrious uh, audience uh, affiliated with illustrious institutions, I think it's worth stating that those of us in a position to influence it uh, should uh, embrace um, some improved regulation. And when we talk about tracking and where we're capturing all this data, we're seeing that mobile is starting to overtake desktop as the, the main booking channel, the main medium that guests are interacting with the hotel, the main medium that they're doing their research, that 9 to 13 uh, research, you know, pings before they make a, a decision. You know, whether that's, you know, what, what are some of the exciting opportunities outside of the data spectrum that you see in the mobile arena as this becomes more prevalent in the hotel space? Yeah, I mean, with mobile, I think it's all about the good old fashioned communication, uh, bringing it back to that. There's a few different areas uh, to do this. The first is communicating with the guest, texting with the guest, right? Um, obviously, none of us want to be harassed or spammed, but just in this day and age that we live in, we want to be able to get a message and say, your room is ready, or be able to text that you need a new towel versus have to pick up the phone and call down, right? So giving the guest the ability to communicate in the way they want to 
is really important and what a lot of tools are now allowing uh, you to do. And the other side of it is not the guests, but is focused on the employees. So departments like housekeeping and engineering, I mean, now most hotels, uh, you know, most of the staff have devices, which wasn't that way a few years ago. And they also want to communicate in that way. So allowing them to accept tasks and do their work on their mobile uh, creates a lot of efficiencies for the hotels um, and also really allows management to take it to that next level and keep track of everything that's going on and be able to make changes accordingly. I've so. also seen some interesting developments in terms of uh, hotel uh, frontline staff management yeah. through mobile in terms of not only just managing the staff, but actually building community, yeah. right? And whether that's Facebook for business and there's, yeah. there's lots of these platforms out there. Yeah. Um, I think it's really interesting where you can start to actually, you know, truly a, a, a message from the GM can be delivered on yeah. a housekeeper's phone in Spanish or whatever language it yeah. may be, um, as opposed to tacked onto a bulletin board. Um, and I think that's a really interesting thing. But even just more broadly, I mean, mobile is, uh, you know, we all kind of joke about it, right? Oh, it's a fad. It's going to go away, you know, whatever. But it's it's here, but it's still amazing how many um, hotels have not yet, not even are at the level of you where you're talking about, but I'm talking the basic booking experience right. is it's still not optimized. It's for not mobile. optimized right. for mobile. And right. so there's, you know, huge challenges there. But in, if anyone who doesn't, isn't embracing that, I mean, we recently turned on a major uh, cruise online. We, we work in cruise, we work in airlines, hotels, you name it, whatever. But we turned on a, a very large cruise OTA partner. And if you've ever booked a cruise, it's not an easy experience, right? Um, it's complicated. There's sailing dates. There's dining. There's all these things. I can't imagine personally, but maybe it's because I'm old, booking a cruise on my phone. But we turn it on and our, rate, our business went up 40% on mobile for cruise. Like who would think that you're booking you know, a seven-day cruise to wherever on your phone? But apparently people are. So it's, um, it, it's, it's important to get those basics straight. Yeah. So I'll share a pick up from uh, you, uh, Tom, on the booking side in a minute. But I do want to share something related to what Alyssa was talking about, which is, you know, <clears throat> I was sharing a funny story with Tom and Alyssa earlier, which is that I happened to be in this very kind of fancy uh, Las Vegas hotel where there was a tablet in the room, which I was sort of curious about most of the time i don't know about you guys but i don't really touch those tablets in the room because you know uh they seem like fancy but unnecessary gadgets but i, I happen to more like the remote control really yeah skeevy. i mean and don't get me wrong like i mean i'm in love with technology like probably most people in this room but i decided to check out using the tablet so i checked out but i still needed to like get my jacket out of the closet so it took me probably like two minutes to get out of the room but after about a minute after checking out on the tablet, the lights in the room turned off and the curtains started closing and I was left like pitch black in the middle of my room trying to figure out where my phone was so I could turn on the light so I could get out. So, um, so I don't know if I'm going to cause like an editing problem by saying this, but I'm going to say don't do stupid shit, right? Like if you're going to automate stuff using the phone, then just don't, you know, don't do silly things. Um, on the booking side, though, I do think there's something incredibly exciting that is going to happen for mobile bookings very soon. 
And I have a particular hypothesis about this, and we're working on it. I'm not going to say a public <laughs> date, but the hypothesis is this. There's a big disconnect in mobile booking, and the disconnect exists between what's happening in terms of percent traffic on, let's say, an independent hotel website, which when you scale across our 5,500 sites, you'll find that something like 55 or 60% of the traffic is coming from a mobile device. But, and this is true across the industry, mobile bookings are kind of stuck around 20%. Why are they stuck? They're stuck because making a mobile booking on a mobile device, on a booking engine for an independent hotel on a website is a pain in the neck. I didn't cause another editing, editing problem. <laughs> so what's going to change is digital wallet, right? So why are the OTAs cleaning up on mobile bookings? Because the OTAs on mobile rely on apps. And when you rely on apps, once you've installed it on your phone and you've authenticated and you've paid with a credit card once, you are logged in and authenticated and you just click like one or two clicks. You're done. Your booking is done because you don't need to enter your address again or your credit card again. You don't need to log in, right? This is true of apps for OTAs. The game changer is that Apple and Google have made available their digital wallets for mobile web. And this is pretty new. That may be news to you because it's so counterintuitive. What do you mean it's new? It's 2019, but it is actually pretty new. It's so new that I have yet to be able to find a single hotel that's offering a digital wallet or mobile payment for a booking. So it's something we're working on, and it's going to be a game changer. Why? Because you're going to be able to use your saved address. You'll be able to authenticate with your face or your fingerprint, and you're going to make a booking instantly without all of that hassle. And that, I think, is going to finally break that ceiling of 20% mobile bookings. It's going to be a game changer for mobile, and I think independent hotels are going to start, and brand.com, going to start eating into OTA share where they've enjoyed mobile bookings for years. Especially when you can pay for it over time. Sure. <laughs> yeah. No, and I, and I think there's app fatigue too. I think all of us, I have a number of travel apps downloaded and I use them a few times a year, tops. You know, I, I'm not traveling, I'm not a road warrior, you know, selling into hotels or industry on a daily basis. So something like that I think would be a game changer for the, the non-Road Warrior guests. I don't care about my points at that point. I just want a seamless booking experience. So I have one last question before we open it up to the audience here. So we have a number of tech entrepreneurs who early-stage startups in the travel industry, selling into the hotel space, and you're all from established brands. And what advice would you give the audience on selling into what we have – over the past 30 minutes described as a laggard, unsophisticated, painful, you know, selling process. How do you, how do you get to that decision maker? How do you, how do you say that Uplift or Alice or Travel Tripper is what you need to be spending? You know, you are getting that ROI out of it. How, how do you articulate that to the, to the hotel, especially in the independent space? Patience. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Grit. long sales cycle. Yeah. We did a deal back in the day, Tom, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it's a good deal there. It's probably still alive. It is. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I'm going to start. Uh, so I think, I think it's about customization of the sale, not the product, right? We don't want to customize our products. But 
each hotel really is very different, each hotel group. Um, so doing your homework, kind of the basics, right? Knowing, knowing your audience uh, can, can go a long way. I think also a, lo- a lot of people don't like this word, but the word is pilots, uh, especially for newer startups, right? You might not be in this position, but if you are, people like to try things before they buy them. Uh, so I think that's something not to be afraid of. Alice started with a lot of pilots and those customers all converted and they're happy customers, right? I'd say um, hiring the right people is absolutely critical um, in terms of it's the right people who have the right connections, who can open the right doors, who have, you know, people they can call at their fingertips and be able to, you know, take those meetings and be able to then do have a relationship sell because, you know, we all know everything is pretty much local in this business. And if you are, you know, I'm, I'm sure we've all seen, you know, the slide, the PowerPoint slides for, you know, looking at the hotel industry, right? It's 4 billion hotels around the world. And, you know, I only have to get 1% of that at, you know, $20 in IR in monthly recurring revenue and boom, I've got a trillion dollar business. And it doesn't happen that way, right? Um, you're not going to get 1% at least anytime soon. I think you're getting close, which is good, but, uh, you know, it's, it's really, really hard. And so having the right strategy to both swing for the fences, right? Everyone wants a Hilton Hyatt Marriott deal. Those take a long time and they're really painful to get. And so in the meantime, you've got to, you know, figure out how to do things with other smaller, medium-sized groups like we did. Yeah. I think too, just from my own experience selling, you know, from the startup space, I think the two things, I think general managers, guests in general, consumers in general are doing exponentially more research than they were in the past. So back to the basics, having a, you know, whether it's a hotel, whether it's your business website, if you don't look like you're an A-list player, they're going to write you off immediately. If you don't have the one pager or the website that articulates your value proposition clearly and above and beyond your competitors, you've already lost the battle. So, so doing that and then just friendly persistence too. It is a small industry. So like Tom said, like ha- having someone who has that network who can open those doors or if they don't, they know someone who can. It is a very friendly industry and there is something to be said. I don't think cold calling is dead by any means. I think the benefit of selling into hotels is everyone thinks it's an angry guest. So you will get that general manager on the phone <laughs> because they think it's a a custom, it's an opportunity for customer recovery, but ha, huh, surprise, it's a sales call. So outside of that, though, you, you just want to be able to punch above your weight and just have a clear value proposition. Like Alyssa said, pilots are, are huge, too. If you can get them hooked on the product with limited risk on their end, that's going to make their job selling it to the ownership or to the management group that much easier. I would share some good news and bad news, I think, too. Uh, I'd say um, the good news is I don't think that decision makers care as much as some people worry about the company size when it comes to a vendor. I agree. Size does not matter. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe the bad news is, you know, and this is the bad news is it has two sides to it, I think, also. But the bad news is, you know, if you if you if you find yourself scratching your head, and this is by no means from me. I think this is prob- probably a lean startup kind of a thing. If you find yourself scratching your head thinking, why am I having a hard time selling my product? Do I have product market fit? The answer is no. Yeah, agree completely. 
Yeah. All right, and, and that was the last question for the evening, guys. Thank you all so much for coming. I think this was incredibly insightful for me, for our guests. Uh, you know, please, again, check us all out. Uh, Alice, Uplift, Travel Tripper, and CHS Cornell Society of New York. We, we put on this event, and thank you again, Voyager HQ. Let's give all our panelists a round of applause. This has been Travel is Your Business, produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2019. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network. And find prior episodes at travelisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. Thank you for listening. This is Mouth Media Network. Amplify and connect. Connect.